Welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Marchecho, and you're listening to episode 18. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. My guest today is Anjulie Pascal. Anjulie grew up as a missionary kid and later studied psychology at Point Loma Nazarene University and then earned her graduate degree from Talbot Seminary in spiritual formation and soul care. She's been married for almost 15 years to her childhood friend, Sam, and they have five wildly beautiful children. Seriously, go look at them on Instagram. They are wildly beautiful. And Julie is passionate about speaking hope into the hearts of Christian women through writing, retreats, and online classes. She loves chai tea, Instagram, and the color orange. I can get on board with the color orange. I like it too. Welcome, Anne Julie. I'm so grateful to have you here. I know that you are in the midst of a busy and exciting season, so I'm just appreciative to have you here today. Oh, it is so great to be here, Becky. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, some of you listening, I would I would guess most of you, if you know Anne Julie, you know her as the creator of the Moms We Love Club. Um, and that is a community of moms who are committed to rallying around women who are just enduring really hard life situations. Um, and I definitely want to talk about that because I love what she's doing over there um, because Anjuli is offering freedom to these women in a way of like sisterhood and even financial freedom. And I think this club is super important. But I want to first chat about your new book coming out, your first book that you've written, right? Yes, it's my first book. Yes, um, and it is called Stay, uh, Discovering Grace, Freedom, and Wholeness Where You Never Imagined Looking. And just the title makes me want to read it. And I've already ordered mm. it. But Angela, yes, <laughs> can you tell us, uh, just share a little bit about yourself and your family and how this book came to be? Yeah, thanks, Becky. Yeah. Um, so I grew up, like I, like you said in my bio as a missionary kid here in North County of San Diego. So really involved in ministry, really involved in church, um, grew up kind of in an open home. What that meant was my parents didn't lock the door and anyone who wanted to come over came over and some people stayed for dinner and some people moved in. It was kind of like a hostel yeah. and they just loved people and gave people a home. And so that was kind of my I, understanding of what home life was and ministry was and loving God was saying yes. And so I went on to college and then really felt this longing to care for um, other people in a really intimate and personal way. And so I felt like, okay, I'm going to go and study uh, spiritual formation. And as I was in seminary, I really hit what I would call a wall in my faith. And this is the question that really um, sent me into a spiral, mm -hmm. but also kind of was like a diving board into really what stay my book is all about. And it was this question that I wrestled with deeply. Here I am in seminary and working at a church and I want to go into the mission field and I have all the right answers and this question kept coming up over and over again is, why do I know that God loves me in my head, but I don't experience that in my heart? Mm. And why do I know all the right answers, but I'm really, really miserable inside? Mm -hmm. How old and were you I, at the time? I was 24. Okay. And I, 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 uh, I was so driven and so motivated um, to find the answer to this question. 
Because for me, if, if there's not an answer to this question, then what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Like I can't, I can't even be a Christian. I can't. And I think I encountered this, um, really thinking if, if this doesn't work, like if this Christianity thing doesn't work out, if Jesus isn't real or the right way, like, I don't even know if I can live anymore. It didn't, it just was like, what is the point of life mm -hmm. really? And so really from that point, I went on a journey of answering that question and through a series of really challenging life circumstances, I felt like, oh, I have an answer. What <laughs> like, happened? You, if you want to what share. Happened? Yeah. <laughs> so part of this um, journey for me was I decided to go on a spiritual retreat. So I spent mm, 21 days. Okay. Um, on an, an island by myself in a cabin and I wrestled with God and I asked these questions and I was just really having to face who I was and face my demons and face my fears and face my trauma, face my anxiety. And I remember I would meet with kind of a therapist counselor once a day, and he said something to me that was so profound. And it was, you know, true religion, Angelie, is just drinking when you're thirsty and eating when you're hungry and going to sleep when you're tired. Mm. And there was something about that. I was like, wow, wait, wait a second. The secret to this Christian life, the secret to walking with Jesus is just drinking water every day. Yeah. It's just eating food. It's just being here. It's not this work, this try harder, this push, push, push. And then it's not the other extreme of give up, right. withdraw, stop trying. Isolate. It's, it's really, yeah. It's really like, maybe it's just beyond, it feels too simple, Becky, mm -hmm. but it's, it's stay. It's stay right where you are. Yeah. So was this like a realization when this guy said this, you just had that like clarity then or did you, what happened after that? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> um, if you're wrestling with it for so long, yeah, like this hits, so like that's amazing. But like, what do you, what do you do with that after something that's been like burdening you for so long? Oh, I wish it was like this magical, easy yeah, moment that everything went away, everything changed. No, but you know what? I think it sent me on a, uh, a new journey of, mm -hmm. wow, like. Everything I thought I needed, everything I had to do, everything I thought I had to become was not a work of myself. It was really staying with who I was and where I was and this idea of abiding in God who's always staying with me. Mm -hmm. And so it really led me into, okay, well, where am I at right now? Mm -hmm. Where am I at today? And I'm kind of a runner. I am not someone who really likes to sit in my stuff. Yep. <laughs> I like to avoid. I like to um, pretend that everything's okay. What's your Enneagram? I'm a three. Okay. But um, I would say my family culture, the family I grew up in, mm -hmm. and my culture in general is very seven. Okay. So, you know, that's just, no, you just have fun. You just keep going. Like life goes on. And so to really open my hands and say, what's going on in my heart? 
And this disconnect that I had for my head and my heart, you know, really came down to, well, if I want to know God in my heart, I have to know my heart. Right. I have to know what's going on in there. I have to experience what's going on in there instead of running and avoiding and pretending. Yeah. So was this before you got married? Yeah. Okay. So then you get married, you have five kids. Yeah. Like how do you apply all of this? I try to apply this stuff to one child. How you, you guys have a lot going on in your life. Like what does that look like in the day to day for you? Well, I think it starts with this question of paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, like even, let's see a good example. Uh, I had a situation come up this week with a friend, um, who's a friend, but we also worked together. And so there was like a conflict that came up and immediately there's anxiety. Immediately I want to fix it. Mm-hmm. Immediately I want to make it all better. I don't want anyone to be mad at me. Um, and so what do I have to do to make it go away? And I felt like that nudge and the Holy Spirit just like, no, like stay here. Yeah. Like what's going on? What are you, what are you anxious about? What are you afraid of? Mm -hmm. And the more and more I entered that, that's what became prayer. Like those places of resistance that we experience in our heart are really a gift to receive greater and deeper relationship with Christ. Yeah. And so that's maybe an example of how I'd experience it day to day. Or even this morning, (laughs) minutes before we got on the phone and I'm in my room and my son is upset and he can't find a sock and he's digging through all the clean laundry. (laughs) And it's like, God, I just want to be angry right now. Mm -hmm. Because that laundry is clean. And that laundry (laughs) is clean. And I have something to do and a place to go. And I don't have time to look for the sock. Mm -hmm. Okay, but God, what am I? Oh, you know what's happening? I'm actually anxious about this conversation I'm about to have with Becky. Mm. Yeah. God, what are you doing there? What's going on in my heart? I love how you say pay attention. I think that's so good. Like it's so easy for us to be just distracted. And I know like so many people are having the conversation of, you know, social media is a distraction. They're always, we're busy. We're in a culture of like, do, do, do. And I have that tendency. That's my, um, that's the thing that's been my challenge in life of like who I am. I'm a one. And when you say like, I'd like to run from things, I don't, I don't like conflict. I don't like that. I want to get out exactly like you said, like is how quickly can I get out of this situation? Mm. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable right. um, and doing your way out of things. Um, but I love like just paying attention because then no, what am what, what's God really trying to say to me here? Um, I like that a lot. Well, and it's in that moment, Yeah, I think is like God, God is there. Mm -hmm. God, anxiety is a gift. Anxiety is a gift for us. And it's a way to enter into relationship with God. We use anxiety to get, we, we see anxiety and we attack it. Yeah. And we want to fix it and understand it and just get rid of it because it's so miserable. And yet it's kind of like that sign that leads us directly to God. Yeah. And there's a deeper truth going on there. Right. You know, okay. Angela, you believe, this is what, that I have to perform. Mm-hmm. Or you believe I have to make something happen here. And it's like, no, that's not what this is about. Right. So when did you realize 
after like experiencing these things and being on this new journey of just staying put and like realizing that with the Lord, when did you think, okay, no, I want to like write about this or I want to do something with this? Um, did that happen naturally? Is it something that God sort of been like tapping on your shoulder for a long time? You know, it was so natural. I think it was back in the days. I actually wrote the book in 2014. Okay. Six 13. years ago. So, six or seven six years, years ago. ago. Yeah. So I wrote it and it was never like, oh, I'm going to write a book. It was really like the season. That was, remember, the season of lots of blogging. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, I had like this photography blog and I would like write down, write personal things on there from time to time. And I remember feeling so constrained. Like, I hate that your blog can only have a blog, you know, it's like 300 or 400 words. It's like, that's just not enough. Like I have so much I want to say. And so I just remember one day being like, I'm going to just write until I have nothing else to say. And after I did that for a whole year and then I was like, I think this is a book. I think I'm done. I think I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> and then it. I just wash your hands. It. Yeah, I'm done. Um, and then really, I didn't do anything with it for this amount of time. How many years was that? Yeah. And I just, you know, every once in a while, I think, I wonder if I'm supposed to do something with that book. Maybe I should send it somewhere. And it just, I, I didn't, I'd try and work on it and then I'd feel like stalled and then I'd have another baby and then, you know. <laughs> then another happened. one and another one. Yeah. And so, um, I just waited yeah. and I think you said this earlier. It's like, nothing's ever lost. Mm-hmm. No, Anything, it's not. God uses everything in his time. And so when the timing was right, um, and I think when I, you know, was able to, you know, six, seven years later, go back and look at it, I was like, Oh, I think I want to say this a little differently from right. different eyes. And so, yeah, then it turned into stay. So who is this book for? Talk to, like, who are these women you want to reach? Who are these moms? Who are these wives? Who are these, yeah, what are these women going through? I would say this book is for the woman who really loves God, but sometimes doesn't know what that means and doesn't know what that looks like. And the woman who feels a lot of anxiety feels lonely, who feels guilt and shame, who feels nervous all the time, who really wants to connect with God and has done all the right things, but has no idea what it really means anymore. Mm -hmm. And you look at the outside of your life and you look at the inside of your life and there's a disconnect and you're just trying to find a way forward. Yeah. I would say that really, um, the heart of my book is for women who just need a little bit of light. Mm-hmm. What is the hardest part? So now you have gone from like, you've had these different journeys and now however many years later, what you're 24. So I don't know how many you do the math, however many years later now in this life that you're in, like what is the hardest part for you now to continue to practice staying like you feel like you've had this revelation. Like I know the answer, but like we're all human. Like we deal with these things on a daily basis. Like you know the right thing and you've experienced the goodness of it. But what are the hardest things for you um, that like trigger, I guess, the like the old ways or the ways that like you know aren't truth? Right. I think it's very hard still 
to experience the truth of myself. I would say so often I just think, oh my gosh, I thought I came so much further than this. Mm. And yet I'm still wrestling with the same anger that I've had for years or the same anxiety or the same envy. And I think there's this, um, the hope and the turn that I find myself growing in. And I think this is a sign of growth for me personally Mm -hmm. is instead of going to beat myself up, instead of ignoring it, instead of, you know, neurotically, um, trying to fix myself, it's, oh yeah, there I am again. It's me. And God is here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This, this part of me that I think is disgusting and Mm -hmm. embarrassing and I would never want someone to know. And, you know, like, the vomit. It's like, Mm -hmm. get away. Like, I don't want to be close to that. But then there's this, this growth in me of like, Oh no, that's who God loves. Yeah. That's don't, don't cut her down. Don't exclude her. Like that's who God loves Yeah, and is inviting me to love as well. Yeah. I love that. I can relate to that. Um, I remember, have you heard of HSPs? It's highly sensitive person or people. Um, I remember I was in therapy once, I don't know how many years ago, and I I have a tendency to beat myself up or like if I'm feeling something, I remember there was a season where I was feeling a lot of anxiety, like it was always coming up when I was doing the dishes. And I was so, I I was uh, talking to my counselor about because I was, I didn't get it. I was like, it's peaceful. It's sort of like gardening. It's therapeutic. It's mindless, you know, and you're like, you're just doing the dishes. But like, I kept like feeling this anxiety and I'd like beat myself up. I'm like, Becky, you're just doing the dishes. Why are you feeling this way? And she's like... Anyway, we uncovered a lot of stuff that day, but um, she talked to me about like HSPs, highly sensitive people. And I remember like reading about it. And I just remember her saying like, this is the thing that you like beat yourself up about is actually your gift. Like you are so sensitive and like you have a tendency to like beat yourself up about it. And like, why are you so emotional? Why are you so sensitive? When really like those are the gifts that God has given me, like when we're healthy in it and I just totally. love what you're saying because I think women just have that tendency, whatever it is. Um, I was talking with uh, Arielle a story a few weeks ago and like we we're talking about body image and like there's all these different categories where women beat themselves up or shame themselves. And I just think that so often we get wrapped up in the negative when really like there's positive in it and it's who God has created us to be like and just being that's why I loved when you said like being aware um what did you say? Paying attention, paying attention to those things. Um, because I think if we pay attention in a way that is just a little bit kinder, like we can see that it's not all so bad. Yeah. It takes a degree of courage though. Yeah, for sure. It does. (laughs) It's a, it's a paying attention. And I think that's the, the component that I really, uh, found really was the staying with that. It's like the staying, God, you're here. You're here with me at the kitchen sink. Yep. Right. You're here. Yes. I'm here. You're here. And you're with me. Instead of like, you know, scrubbing the dishes harder. <laughs> right. Like, trying right. to just like put it in and go go on with our lives. It's like, oh. And that that's that's relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. When we talk about relationship with God, we so have so created so many categories of well, it has to look like this. And you have to do this amount of reading and this amount of praying and this amount of worship. And it's like, 
no, God is with me right here, right now. Yeah. He's with us. Take a drink when you need it. Yeah. <laughs> Eat when you're hungry. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what's inside? So I get like the overview of everything and like your heart behind this. So what do you walk readers through in your book? Right. So it's awesome. I'm so excited. Um, each chapter is an invitation to stay. It's, it's kind of like counterintuitive, right? So it's staying with parts of you that are hard to stay with. Mm -hmm. So even the first chapter is an invitation to your loneliness. And so it's a journey sharing different story about how I experienced loneliness and how in turn that was the gift. Yeah. You know, looking at loneliness, like, you know, our culture, especially it's like, fill, fill, fill. Like, how do we get rid of it? I got to be on my phone. I got to be on social media. I got to be buying, shopping, filling my mouth. And how many times when you're lonely, where do you find yourself? For me, I'm like opening the refrigerator when I'm not even hungry. Right. You're just looking, you're looking, we're always looking for something to fill. And so, so different ideas of invitations, so invitation to your loneliness, invitation to your guilt, invitation to your shame, okay. invitation to, um, confession. So it's just this journey of like sharing my heart, sharing. And in a way I hope to elicit the reader's heart and invite them. Okay. What, if, what that is. Okay. Stay right there. Right. I remember reading, I don't know if it was Carrie Ann warrior or love warrior Glennon Doyle years ago. She was in the book. She was talking about how she was at a yoga class and it was hard and she didn't want to be there. And it was stay on the mat, stay on the mat. Just all you need to do is stay on the mat. And as I was um, thinking about our conversation, that just popped in my head. So I remember reading that and it like really stuck with me. Like yeah. how so often I want to get off the mat. Like I just want to peace out and yes. run from whatever is hard or protect myself from it, whatever it is. So I love that this whole book is about staying on the mat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Forever stay on the mat. Yes. Okay. And Julie, what would you say? And I know you don't like, you don't have to give it all away. And I know the book isn't like you're going to give this all away, but um, what are some ways that people can practically practice staying put? Like, I know it feels like it's a big, um, tall order, you know, to like stay and sit in that. Like, what are some little everyday things that you have found helpful, even if they're not like, it doesn't like solve the problem, but like helps bring you to that place or keeps you in that place or just like keeps you going in the direction that you need to go with God. What are some things that we can do to practice in our own lives? So it's kind of a tricky answer, <laughs> Becky. I know. <laughs> because I feel like I'll give you an answer. Okay. But I think um, I want to start by saying um, we are such creatures that want to fix ourselves. And so the minute I give you a remedy or an answer, I feel like we go into um, implementing it in our own power and our own strength. And I think what I want to encourage women to do is identify who you are, what brings you joy, what is, what, what is fun, mm -hmm. what, um, what is happening in your heart. Like if we sat down, looked face to face, like, how are you really doing? That's and I would say as you enter what it is, is rigorous honesty 
that's, that is the place you start. Yeah. Um, and I think for some of us, it's very easy to access. Like the, the huge gift for us that I think is underestimated is the gift of resistance. Mm -hmm. What are you resistant to right now? Not what are you dreading? Dreading is different than resistance. Dreading is something you have to do that you don't want to do. Resistance is things, um, there can be everyday resistance, uh, and there can be deep, deep, deep resistance. And I would say, what are you resistant of today? Yeah. What conversation, what fear, mm-hmm. what abuse, what, um, relationship are you resistant to? And that is the gift. That is the place where you say, God, you are here. What are you doing in my heart? Because it goes back to if you want to know the love of God in your heart, you have to know your heart. Mm-hmm. So it's what what practice for you, individual person, mm-hmm. woman, Becky, myself, that's different for everybody. Yeah. I would say for me, what helps me are little small rhythms and those change from season to season. But right now, rhythm for me is every time I wash my face, I let the hot water, I hold my hands under the hot water for a good 30 seconds to a minute. Say, that's my, the physical, like touching the hot water with my Mm -hmm. hand, connecting to the spiritual. Mm -hmm. God, you are, you are warm towards me. You're warm. You're not evil. You're not bad. You're not scary. You're not distant. You are right here. You're warm. And so, but that, that is really connected to what I'm going through with God right Mm -hmm. now. Sometimes I really have a hard time believing that God is good. And so that practice for me is, oh, you are good. You are warm. You're kind. So that's my tricky, complex answer to your question. No, it's good. I like that. I like that finding something that connects with you and your heart and who God has created you to be. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Do you find like once you answer that question in your head or like, what am I resistant to right now? Journaling or like I'd for me, like I know what and I'm dealing with that stuff. It's like giving myself space, like walks. I go on a lot of walks, um, even so if it's good. with Vera, like even if she's there, like it's still a place where like there's fresh air and I'm outside. And yes. like even if we're, you know, having a conversation, it's still like not sitting inside your home looking at a million things you need to do. Yeah. Um, so good. So for me, that's something I don't know anything to help people like explore more about what that is. If that makes sense. Like explore what they're resistant of. Yeah. Or like or- once they know, like to like a way to work through it or any other rhythms or ideas for people to, um, once they're like in that place and exploring it, like, what do we do from there? Like, how do we, how do we process this? How do you give yourself space to process it? <laughs> I'm digging deep. <laughs> no, you're good. It's really good because again, it's tricky. I feel like it's not, it's really not, um, it's not easy work. I know. That's the thing. And I think, yes. Okay. So you can create some rhythms, but I would even say like, you have to have the courage to be vulnerable. What is that thing in you that you do not want to tell somebody? Mm. Like that you don't want to tell your husband. Like what is that thing you don't want to tell your friend? And then I would say tell them. Mm-hmm. 
What is that thing? Because if you can tell your husband and you can tell your friend, then you can really tell God. Yeah. And, and I think it even works the other way. If you can tell God, then that will give you the courage to tell other people. But there's no, it is impossible to really grow without that, the, without being vulnerable. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's that resistance. You feel the resistance, but the doing step Mm -hmm. is saying it with your mouth. Yeah. I agree with that. Cause it's so like, obviously we all think a million things in our heads, but saying it out loud, even if it like, I've done this before, I can't even remember what it was, but like, I've just said something out loud that I didn't want to say out loud to somebody, you know what I mean? It is just me, just me, but like just speaking, no, this is truth. This is what happened, whatever it it was. I don't even remember, but, um, I know that that was, it was powerful in a weird way that like, just even like speaking it, um, Laura Casey is a big, um, advocate for like saying things out loud and it's one of the exercises we did like at that conference is like standing up like putting Mm -hmm. your hands out saying things out loud like just like powerful it is so powerful and it's something that's so it sounds Mm -hmm. it almost sounds silly you know if you're just sitting there observing or like you hear about it like I feel like it has a tendency to like sound silly but it's not at all it's very powerful so I love what you said well I think that's it's a huge thing. I think when you talk about women right now, it's especially women who are stay at home moms or, you know, even who are working and have raising kids. It's like, they are like, there's so much drowning going on and they drown in their own world. But the second they say it out loud into a friend, it's like the practice of vulnerability is incredible yeah. because you cannot experience love without vulnerability. It's impossible. Yeah. Um, what would you say, Anjali, that God, like throughout this process over the years and like the realizations and the different journeys you've been on, what would you say God has set you free from? I know you said like there's, and I get this, you're always going to be working on things and different things come up and different, um, situations or challenges that you and God are like working through, but what would you feel or say that God has set you free from? Legalism. Hmm. I would say that's the first thing that comes to mind Mm -hmm. is that I have to do something to gain God's love and affection. Yeah. That's huge. And I think that it's still, I mean, like the reality that God loves me unconditionally and as like a father that I could ask for anything like that's incredible. And I think I spent a lot of years, a lot of years in a, like a probably torturous relationship with God where it was like doing, doing, doing to get, 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 you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like that journey of, wow, he really purged my motivations and went way down (laughs) to like, um, to release me from, from the need to gain or prove. Mm that I was worthy of it. Yeah. Know, so that's powerful. Yeah. That's awesome. I hope that for everyone, yeah. it's so hard to live under a, a legalistic, um, relig- religious relationship with God. Yeah. What would you say like your biggest hope is for women reading stay? Mm-hmm. I would say my hope is that they encounter the truth of who they are and feel safe and the truth of who God is and feel safe and the truth of others and feel safe and then really find freedom and wholeness Yeah, that the outside and inside don't have to be separate 
that could be one. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. That's honestly like it would be incredible. Even if it was a one step closer to to freedom and with themselves and God and others would be incredible. Yeah, I have a feeling that'll happen. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I hope so. Um, so I pre-ordered your book on Amazon. Yay, what you. is um, what's the best way? So it's you know January now might be out in February. Books coming out in April probably. What's the best way uh, people can get your book? Get their hands you on your it. book. Yay! Well, you can get it at Target, okay. which is super fun. So next time you're getting your bananas and toilet paper, That's go awesome. down the book aisle and grab Stay. Um, but you can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble any places where books are sold really. Okay. But right now, prior to it coming out, um, Amazon, Amazon, Amazon's the way to go. Okay, cool. And we'll definitely have a link to that. Yay. Thanks Uh, Becky. Yeah, of course. Uh, before we wrap up, I'd love to chat about the moms. We love club just for a little bit. Um, if you guys listening, if you don't know what it is, um, I'll have Andrew Lee tell us a little bit, but basically like it's all these incredible women who I feel like it's just incredible. I feel like people just like come out in swarms, like to rally for these women and it's women going through all sorts of different, really just life altering circumstances, whether it's something with their husband or a death of their child or a fatal illness, And, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about like what this community does for these women. So the Moms We Love Club is my favorite thing about social media. So what we do is once a month we feature a mom who's enduring long-term hardship and we do it by using an image of her that we circulate around Instagram and Facebook. And by doing this once a month, And asking everyone to repost her picture, what we do is we invite people to pray for her. We invite people to post and we invite people to donate to support her and her family and their needs. And so it's kind of this idea of long-term hardship. It's something that's not going away today or tomorrow or next year. And I found, and I think most of us can understand this, is when a trauma strikes a family, the immediate response is beautiful. People rise up and pour out love. But then a month later, three months later, a year later, five years later, um, people start to disappear. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard when someone has long-term hardship because their problem cannot be fixed. And so it's finding these moms and saying, we see you still like you are not forgotten. Mm. God sees you. God loves you. And we are just going to pour out love and prayer on you today. And so it's been this incredible movement where people pray and post and donate and they just uh, support a mom who really, truly has felt forgotten. Yeah. It's so beautiful and it's so, it's powerful to see and like the reposting and like, you can just feel it. You can just feel the power of it all. Um, how many women, how many years have you been doing this? Well, it'll be two years in February. Okay. Two years. And so one woman every month, um, it's just incredible. What, not that it's not all about the money, but and I know people don't like talking about money, but the fact that you're helping these women and their families find freedom, I mean, from like the burden of, you know, the finances, like what are some numbers that you can tell us? I'm just like, how much money have you raised for some of these families? Not you, everybody as a whole. Yeah. So people, I mean, the last one we did, 
someone donated $3 mm-hmm. and that makes me so happy. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, yes, literally $3 because what's happening is this mom is probably in a hospital. Um, this mom is pro or in her bed all day long at home alone, sick, can't be out hanging out with her kids playing and just doing normal life. Um, and all of a sudden her phone is blowing up. Mm. So she gets these notifications all day long and for the weeks to come of $2, $3, $100, $500 from people she doesn't even know. Yeah. So I'll share two different ones with you. So we did, um, one of the first moms we supported was Lori and she has five boys, five little boys. Her youngest boys were like the the Irish twins where Uh they're like 10 months apart. Yeah. And her... She had two, so basically two kids under two, under one. Is that right? Um, if they're 12, yeah. Wait, yeah. under. So one had just was like 13 months and one was three months. So, okay. you know, the kids were like eight, five, three, and then two, mm-hmm. two under that in 13 months. And her husband went out for a bike ride and got hit by a, car, a drunk driver and is um, paraplegic. So here's the mom with five boys under eight years old and had been, you know, battling with her, you know, her husband can't talk, can't walk, can't move. Um, and for this mom who had been in this situation for over a year, we were able to raise $75,000. That's crazy. It was was crazy. It was crazy. And that was amazing because, you know, she's in the thick of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's going to be forever. Yeah. And she just is such an incredible mom mm. who is like fighting for her husband, fighting for her kids, not giving up. And then the mom we just supported last month, um, she has cancer. She had just adopted a little girl, mm-hmm. you know, you know, that's not an easy thing mm-hmm. and had three older kids. Um, and we raised $16,000 yeah. for her. You know, and it's just the, I mean, it's so simple. That's what I always think. Like, it's so simple. You just repost a picture right? and just watch what God does. Right. And the simple act of reposting blesses this mom too. It's like, why would this stranger in, in Kentucky pray for me? Yeah. You know? She's feeling And that's what we are. Yeah. Yeah. And that family, they, the kids like brought out like a world map Mm -hmm. and they, put pins everywhere people were praying for them from. So cool. And it was awesome. Is so, it just like across the country? Oh, Everybody. even around the world. It's wow. awesome. People are Tina, people South America, people in Asia. It's so beautiful. That's so cool. Um, wow. Um, thank you for sharing about that. How can <laughs> listeners, we'll have all the show notes and we'll have all okay. the links, but like, what is something if somebody who's hearing this and is like, yeah, I want to rally around women too yeah. that need us. Um, what, what yeah. can they do? Follow the Moms We Love Club and just repost a picture once a month. Okay. Donate $3. We can do that. That'd be awesome. We can yes, do that. Can. <laughs> but I even talk about the Moms We Love Club in stay. Okay. Because it's really this idea of, you know, so much pressure in our culture right now to like build a platform. Got to get bigger, got to be known. If you ever want to do anything with your life, you have to have, you know, a hundred million followers. And it's like, no, I just think you need to dig a well. It's like you stand in the earth God put you in and you dig for water and you be faithful to dig. And when you find water, you offer it to other people. That's all you have to do. And watch what God does. 
That's beautiful. and it doesn't. I mean, it could it could reach a hundred million thousand people, or it could reach five. Right. It could be the five, my five children at the dinner table tonight. Right. But it's where he has us. Right on that earth, he has you. Want you to stay right there. Right. Because he's all got us where he has us for his reasons. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for sharing oh, you're so just your heart and your book and just your journey. Um, thank you for being vulnerable. Like you said, like you, we got to be vulnerable. And I think it's um, just great that you were able to do that with our listeners because I think it offers freedom. My hope is that when people hear like my guests and people sharing their hearts, that it just offers freedom for them to talk to their friends or whatever it is. So thank you for being an example of that in so many yeah. ways in our community. Oh, thanks, Becky. It's so good to talk talk with you and yeah, just share what God's doing. Yeah. It's awesome. So April, your book's coming out. We'll all coming keep an eye out. And uh, where can people follow you on Instagram? Lovealways.angeli. Okay, perfect. We'll follow you there. Thanks, Angeli. Thank you. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorkecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y. M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O dot com. Thanks for listening in.